to the High Praises Church Podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. There's a word from the Lord today. Uh, if you would stand on your feet with me, Mark chapter 4. I want to revisit something I talked about a while ago. I felt strongly to come with this again today. This text, Mark chapter 4, verses uh, 35 through 41. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him alone in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But, when, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, Who can this be that even the wind and sea obey him? Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this time that we have together. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by your word. Allow me to decrease and you increase. Holy Spirit, I'm just the discussion leader. You're the preacher. You're the teacher. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of God. Amen. <clears throat> I want to talk today, I praise this. Those of you watching online, we welcome you. I want to talk today about weathering the storm. Weathering the storm. Brothers and sisters, as we, we fully grasp the concept of the definition of, of, of weathering, my subject from the jump becomes somewhat oxymoronic because of what my subject is trying to imply to us versus what weathering actually means. Weathering is the action of the outer conditions altering exposed objects. As to say there will be definitely decomposition to anything exposed to uh, the outer conditions, in this case, you and I being the exposed objects. I'm, I'm talking about the spiritual climate, the uh, spiritual atmosphere, the physical conditions of our lives. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, very important text to the body of believers, the body of Christ, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness, where? In heavenly places. That is so important to us, and I'm so glad that a long time ago I was able to grasp this text and apply it to my life because I, it helps me personally not look at people the same anymore. I don't know about you, but it helps me not look at people. Yeah, individuals, they can be used by the devil. We do understand that, and sometimes... Individuals can make you want to throw hands, amen? But I understand a major, major concept in my life that there's too much purpose on my life to get involved in minute battles. There's too much purpose, too much assignment on my life. And what the enemy is trying to do, he's trying to distract you from your purpose. He's trying to distract you from the assignment that God has on your life. And I refuse to let that happen in my life. How about you today? I've discovered many times most of us would like for the word 
to be weather, W-H-E-T-H-E-R, instead of weathering or weather, W-E-A-T-H-E-R, because weather, W-H-E-T-H-E-R, means that I have a storm or I have options to deal with something else. I have, I have alternatives. And most of the time, you and I know good and well, we're not going to choose a storm. We're going to go the opposite way, but the truth of the matter is we cannot dodge some things in life. We, we have to accept that. And here it is in this life, two things. Number one, I'm chosen for some things to go through in my life. I just believe that that is ordained by God. I'm chosen to deal with some things in my life. But number two, number two, this is where many of us will find ourselves. We make decisions and choose other things that carries unpleasant results. Did you hear what I just said? We choose and make decisions, and it brings unpleasant results in our lives that causes problems. And can we be honest in here today? Has anyone ever lived at that address where I did it, and if I had known this, I wouldn't have done that. Anybody ever lived there before? Amen. If I had known this right here, I definitely would not have done that. Our brother Jonah, he could stand in this pulpit today and witness to us all today of what it's like to be disobedient to God. God said, Jonah, I want you to go to that great city, Nineveh, and I want you to preach. I want you to preach repentance. A revival is going to take place in that city. And Jonah didn't want them folks to get saved. Jonah decided to rebel. The Bible says that Jonah went down to Joppa and jumped on a ship to Tarshish, going the opposite way from where God told him to go. And all of a sudden, I don't know if it was uh, Carnival Cruise Lines, I don't know what he was on, but as he was on the top of the boat getting him a suntan, he had put his sunscreen lotion on, all of a sudden it got real dark outside and a storm arose and the ship started rocking and they started throwing stuff overboard, and Jonah knew exactly what it was. Jonah said, if you throw me overboard, it'll settle everything. So they said, well, if it's going to be you or us, psh, they threw him overboard. Amen. And all of a sudden, everything was at a great calm. But it wasn't at a great calm for Jonah because the Bible says God created a great fish. And this fish swallowed Jonah, and the Bible says Jonah said, I was in the belly of hell for three days. But. When that fish vomited Jonah up on the land, I like to think about it from a comical perspective. Amen. Jonah probably had seaweeds and everything hanging on him, but one thing he wasn't going to be was disobedient anymore. Amen. And I can see Jonah running through the streets of Nineveh saying, repent, <laughs> and folks got saved. Amen. And God did a mighty work because the man of God did exactly what he told him to do. So I like to say, especially when you're called by God, when you are called by God, God's assignment on your life is so important, and God wants to use you for whatever he's called you to do. So weathering occurs when the appearance or texture of an object is worn down by exposure to the atmosphere. That's how weathering occurs. Weathering occurs when the appearance or texture of an object is worn down by exposure to atmosphere, but... I like to throw the conjunction in. Church, you and I have a spiritual chemical solvent, and I, I don't mean to, to, to use such a minute vernacular to, to uh, explain such a great big God that we serve. Amen. But, but we have a spiritual chemical solvent 
that when we add him, when, when you and I add Jesus to the equation, hallelujah, somebody, the outcome that you and I face is totally different than what we should face or what we could have faced. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. What, what, what I should have experienced, I don't experience because Jesus is with me. What, what, what I, I should have been enduring, it, I, I don't do it that way because why? Jesus is with me. The word of God says that we are to cast our care upon him. Why? Because he cares for us. Hallelujah. So, so, so now, it's never to say that you and I will never experience bad days. We will. If you haven't, keep on living. It rains on the just as well as the unjust, but, but God's word, his word has to be our rock. His word has to be our foundation. Uh, I, I'm glad I can, I can call Pastor Chris and and have great conversation and rapport with Pastor Chris. I'm glad that I can call Pastor Billy and Pastor Evan and call some of you and have great rapport and receive encouragement from you. But how many of you know it's nothing like the Word of God? It's nothing like having a great conversation with God in His Word. Why? Because the psalmist said, Thy Word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. He said, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any, what, two-edged sword. So we're talking about, we're talking about the word of God. And, and, and watch this, if weathering starts to affect me on this side, watch this, Romans 10, 17 says that my faith is going to increase by what? My hearing, and hearing is going to increase by what? The word of God. Somebody that's in this room that may be lacking faith right now in what you're enduring, what you're going through, I'm challenging you to get more word and let the word do a work in you because when the word starts getting inside of you, the word begins to do what nothing else can do. Hallelujah. That's the way God created it. I often say this. It has a lot to do with perspective. And if I perceive right, then I can receive right. And the Bible says, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, my brethren, count it all joy. I know that's hard. I've been in some, some, some various trials and tribulations. I know that's hard. But he says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials and tribulations. That's what the word of God says, knowing, watch this, that the testing of your faith produces patience. You mean to tell me I'm going through something and it's working on me? Yes. God says yes. What you're dealing with, what you're going through is doing something in you. Hallelujah. It's not trying to do something around you. It's trying to do something in you. That's why you got to go through. Amen. Hallelujah. It says, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete. Watch this. Lacking nothing. Did, did you hear the word of it? You won't lack anything when you go through it and when you come out of it. Amen. God will perfect you. He will do a work inside of you. And Paul teaches us this in Romans chapter 5, verses 3. He says, we also, watch this, glory in tribulation. Oh, my God. I, I, I know, I know. It is again. You're talking about, Pastor, you're telling me to rejoice when I'm going. Yes, I'm telling you, you better rejoice. Amen. I'd rather go into a tribulation rejoicing than go into a tribulation saying, woe is me. What in the world am I going to do now? Amen. I'd rather go in with the right perspective, knowing that God is with me. What, what, what does he say? He says, glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces 
perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Character produces hope. Sometimes in order for you to progress, church, you got to go through. Amen. Uh, That's not popular preaching, but it's the truth. Listen, in one storm, in one storm that you may be going through, here's what the scripture's telling us. In one tribulation, God is doing three or four things in you at one time. And you're fussing about it. I I, I know, I know, it's not popular preaching, but God says, go through it. I'm doing something in you that you can't even see, that you can't even imagine. And that's why the scripture is so filled with, with text that lets us know, don't focus on what you see but focus on what you don't see. Hallelujah. Because what you see is what? Temporary. Everybody shout, it's temporary. Point at somebody across the room and tell them, it is temporary. But what you don't see is eternal. I'm talking about God working in the unseen realm, producing something that you will see. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. I preached this message a long time ago. Don't deny the storm. You never know what you're passing up when you're trying to deny the storm. And on October the 10th of 2006, my life was altered radically. Uh, I had a bad car wreck. Most of you know this. It, it shattered my right hip socket, broke all those bones, and, 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 and I experienced some. My wife and I, we experienced life-altering. Our church, we experienced life-altering things at that time. And, and, and when I came to myself, and I'm not talking about when I woke up from the anesthesia. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about weeks later because Terrence had to process what had taken place. And sometimes it's best not to say nothing when you first go into something because if you do that, the first thing you say is normally going to be flesh. It's best to go into it and say, God, I'm trusting you, but, but I don't know what to say right now. And I went into it, and I was silent for a while. And yeah, boy, they had morphine. They had everything in my system, so I wasn't too alert about anything. But when I came to myself, About three weeks later, about three weeks later, I'm telling you something. That's when God began to speak, and what God spoke was Scripture. I felt this in my soul. He said, and I'm like, what does it mean? He said, Jesus must needs go through Samaria. And I said, what meaneth thou that, God? I I, I went King James on him quickly. Amen. What, what, what do you mean, Jesus? And, 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 and God said, Terrence had to go through October the 10th, 2006. I, I'm like, why? I didn't want to, I, I, I was enjoying what I was doing. My, my our, our family was building. Life was getting better. And, and he said, you had to go through that because I'm working something in you that you can't see. But if you trust, watch this, here's his phrase. Trust the process. I don't know who that's for in this room today. But I feel the anointing of God telling somebody, trust the process. And the process will produce, it will produce in you something that you could never imagine ever possible in your life. Hallelujah, somebody. So, friends, we're called to live life abundantly. That's what the word of God tells us through Christ. But we, we also live experiencing the prophetic word of God. The prophetic word of God He tells us in these last days, uh, there's going to be an outpouring of the Spirit of God. And we know that part of the kingdom language today is visions and dreams. So when you have visions and dreams, uh, I'm not talking about what the macaroni and cheese and fried chicken did to you. Amen. I'm talking about when you wake up from a, a sleep and a slumber and you know that God spoke in that dream. 
God speaks through visions and dreams today. He, he speaks that way, but the Bible also tells us in these last days, it's going to be perilous times. Perilous means dangerous times. We're living in dangerous times when, when individuals walk in schools and shoot folks and, and, and murder folks simply for, for just, you know, that what happened in Charleston, those, that family were friends of my wife and I. The, 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 that Tawanza that, that got, was murdered at the Charleston Nine, that was family. That's like family to us. We know those folks. Amen. That, 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 that's when spiritual warfare is at its height, and somebody has gotten filled with the spirit of Satan. Amen. To do evil acts such as that. Hallelujah. The Bible says it's perilous times that we live in. But the amazing thing to note, as the church, listen to me, no matter where we are, no matter what season you and I are in, this is what's so good. Listen, we serve an amazing God. Somebody need to give him a hand clap of praise. I'm telling you, I don't care where you are, we serve an amazing God. The Lord is up to something. Hallelujah, somebody. Oh, my God, I feel the anointing of preaching this place today. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, I've seen it, and, and, and when, when perspective is right, you'll receive right. So this is what I started doing a long time ago. When things start going wrong, uh-oh, God, you're up to something, what you're up to, because this ain't what I want to see, but, hey, God, I'm going to enjoy this ride, and I'm going to trust the process. Hallelujah, somebody. He's up to something, and the Lord is, watch this, constantly looking out for you and I. So the purpose of God's kingdom is that citizens of the kingdom would see everything the way the Lord or the king of the kingdom sees it. That is so important to grasp. The purpose of God's kingdom is that the citizens of God's kingdom would see everything the way that the Lord or the king of the kingdom sees it. And herein is where multiple issues will begin to arise in our lives when we don't see everything Jesus's way. Amen. A great example of this is Old Testament scripture. When God had given the promise to Moses, you're going to go into the promised land. You're going to overtake these seven nations that's larger and greater than you are. I'm going to give them to you, but I need you to do the legwork. Now, this is so important because most of us, we expect God, God, do it. Yeah, yeah you, you better hear me. God, do it. And God says, you do it. Because God will not do what you can do for yourself. The only time God comes in is when we get to the point where we can't do it. And supernaturally, God adds his super to our natural and God manifests in the, in the physical realm. Amen. But what you can do, Moses, get 12 spies together. Send them into this land that I'm going to give you. They had to do the legwork. And so these 12 spies, they go into this promised land, they spy out the land, they bring back clusters of grapes that were so heavy they had to put it on two poles to carry it. What was that about? Amen. And they come back, and the Bible says 10 had a bad report. Oh, yeah, yeah, that land is the promised land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey, but we can't take that land. And all of a sudden, Caleb jumps up and says, let's go up at once and overtake this land. And Joshua stands up and says, I concur. Let's go up at once and take this land. But those 10 spies 
did not focus on the promise-keeping, covenant-keeping God. They focused on the enemy that they saw instead of what God promised them. My God, I feel the anointing of God. I'm trying to tell somebody in this room today, keep your eyes focused on the covenant-keeping and promise-keeping God. I don't care what you see in front of you. Because if God said it, it is so, it's it, that's all that matters. Hallelujah, somebody. And what those 10 spies did is they spread, they spread in a toxic environment among the nation of Israel. And everybody became fearful saying, oh, Moses brought us out here to kill us. We should have stayed in Egypt. Amen. Why would you want to stay in Egypt where you were slaves crying to God get you out? And when God, trying to, when God finally gets you out, you want to go back. Come on, somebody. You see, see, that's a word for somebody in this room today. You, God didn't brought you out, but you keep going back to that, whatever that is. Yeah, God, God didn't deliver you from it, but you keep going back to that. Yeah, yeah, God said, yeah, I brought you out. You prayed, you cried, you asked me to help you. I did it, and you keep going back. God says, hey, man, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Walk in that freedom. Stay in that freedom. Live in that freedom and refuse to go back to that bondage Again, hallelujah, somebody. Please, please, saints of God, don't allow what you see around you to create toxicity inside of you. Did, did you hear that? Don't allow what you see around you to create toxicity inside of you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Amen. I'm here to tell you, you better focus on the great big God that's in you than the toxicity and the stuff in this world that is around you because God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. Hallelujah, somebody. We must walk with God. We must talk with God. And we, we, watch this. We must keep a God's eye view on everything in life. It changes everything when we see things God's way. Yes, it does. It did with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They did go in that fiery furnace. It didn't deliver them from the fiery furnace as far as them having to go into it, but it delivered them from death. And they had their minds made up, even if he don't deliver us, we still not going to bow down. Amen. And they went into the fire, but there was another in the fire, Pastor Billy. Where he's at today? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus will be with you in what you go through. Yes, Daniel prayed three times a day and was thrown in a lion's den, right? But God was with him. Hallelujah, somebody. So it changes everything when you and I keep a God's eye view on everything. So here we are. We say we're following Jesus, right? How many followers of Jesus are in the house today? Go ahead. Raise that hand proudly. Mm, mm, throw it up at me. There you go. Throw it up at me. Go ahead. Give me a, give me a, a come on, come on. Worship him with me now. That's all I'm talking about. Amen. We, we, we say we're disciples after all, right? But what about when you're following Jesus and Jesus gives you instructions and you're following Jesus' instructions and before you know it, Jesus' instructions has led you into the worst storm of your life. What do you do then? Amen. Hallelujah. Because sometimes... Amen. I, we, we, my wife and I have been reading through the scriptures, and, and we're reading in the book of Ezekiel, and boy, he's he, he calling out them prophets. He, he's calling out them false prophets. All these prophets prophesying good stuff. 
Yeah, I, I, and I believe there's some good stuff in the kingdom of God. But, boy, he calls out the, yeah, y'all, y'all love listening to these lying prophets. I ain't talking about us. I'm talking about what Ezekiel was talking to, 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 the, to the people. And, 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 and he's calling them out. And, and we love hearing all the good news, but prophets most of the time don't have a lot of good stuff to say. Amen, somebody. Come on, somebody. I mean, I mean, there is comfort, there's peace, and there's, there's joy inside of the words of prophecy. Amen. Especially when you're a child of God. But, but sometimes prophets come to correct. They come to set stuff straight. Amen. That's out of order. Am I, am I right or am I wrong? Amen. So sometimes we got to make sure that we're listening to the voice of God more than anything else. And, and in our text today, here's Jesus. Jesus is in his flow, and he's teaching And he's not just teaching because we know that Jesus is more than just words. Jesus is also operating in demonstration and with power. And and, and Jesus is flowing. So so sometimes I don't think the church understands how great our Lord is. And because of our misidentification of Christ, it causes us to not understand how great we are. If we don't know how great Jesus is then you and I will run into problems understanding how great we are. God's church, here it is, has power. Come on, everybody say that with me. Operate with me. Say, God's church has power. Look at somebody and say, you have power as a child of God. Hallelujah. Sometimes I don't think we understand this, how great our God is, because of this misidentification we run into, the problem that our brother Gideon had in scriptures, and, and the angel of God shows up to Gideon and says, Hell, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon's like, Who you talking to? You know, and, and number one, he's already confused because he's threshing wheat in a wine press. You, you crush grapes in a wine press, amen. But Gideon is threshing wheat in a wine press, so he's confused, right? Amen. No, he's hiding from people trying to steal their stuff, but I'm just saying, amen, technically, if you look at it. But Until you know who you are, you will never know what you can do. I I don't know who that word is for, but until you understand and walk in your assignment knowing who you are, who you really are in Jesus Christ, you will never really understand what you can do in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah, somebody. I mean, life and death is in the power of our tongue, and, and, and when we unite when we, 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 we come together, as the scripture says, how good and how pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. And, and then when two and three of you touch and agree concerning anything in the earth realm, it shall be done. I, I'm telling you, the world is going to do what the world does. But I'm here to submit to us today, it's past time for the church to start standing up and do the church thing. Amen. Do the Jesus thing. Look at somebody and say, let's do the Jesus thing. Let, let's, let's do the Jesus thing. Hallelujah. And we're, again, saying, God, do it. And God is saying, you do it. Hallelujah. 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 So Jesus is flowing. And there's a crowd surrounding him, so much so that he gets on a boat and starts ministering from the boat. And then at verse 35, Jesus says to his disciples, let's stay in the boat. Let's cross over to the other side. That's a message by itself. I, I, I wanted to change this and come and talk about on the other side of this, and I don't know who that's for, but some of you are at the brink of being on the other side of this, whatever this is. You, you need to receive that today. Hallelujah, somebody. 
on the other side of this, because on the other side of the, 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 the Sea of Galilee, there was a ministry opportunity. They were leaving maybe thousands to go find one demoniac in a graveyard. Hallelujah. Jesus is concerned to leave the many and go after one. Hallelujah, somebody. And I'm going to minister to somebody today that you are about to enter the other side of this, whatever it may be. But here it is in the text, chapter 4, verse 35 through 37. So Jesus says, let's cross over to the other side of the sea. Verse 35. Watch this. They left the crowd. Verse 36. And the Bible says this. Other little boats were with them. Listen, when you're going through things in your life, understand this major principle. You are not by yourself. Others are going through too. And it's not to celebrate that somebody else is going through, but you need to know that you are not alone. Not only are others going through, but God is with you. I keep saying that over and over again if you hear me. Amen. You need to understand uh, God is with you. Hallelujah. And so here it is, the Sea of Galilee, lying nearly 700 feet below sea level. The Sea of Galilee is surrounded by mountains, highlands, and as a result of this geography, it is predisposed to violent windstorms. And all, they're, they're all on this boat, right? They're all on this boat, and, 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 and the storm is raging, and now all of a sudden the boat is being tossed to and fro, and waves are flashing over the boat and filling the boat. And in and, and, and verse 37, several of his disciples, you got to understand this, they were lifelong hardened fishermen. This is what they've been doing all their life. They, they've been fishing all of their lives. They had experienced storms on the Sea of Galilee before, but this one was different. This storm was different. This one right here. The, the, the amazing thing is, where is Jesus? In the storm. Where was Jesus while the storm was raging and the disciples were panicking? Verse 38. He was in the stern of the boat, sleeping on a cushion. That's what the scripture says. I need you to understand something that he hadn't just inadvertently fallen asleep where he was sitting at. No, Jesus had ministered, Jesus was tired, and Jesus grabbed that cushion and he planned on going to sleep, knowing what they were about to encounter. It was planned snoozing. You need to understand, when you're going through a storm and you don't feel him there, he's there. When you're, when you're going through the worst time of your life and you don't feel the presence of God, don't you believe the devil saying, where's your God at now? He is right there with you. It was planned snoozing. It was intentional snoozing. And here's the problem. The disciples didn't like it. Has Jesus ever let something happen in your life you didn't like? I know it has definitely happened to me. There's been some times where something happened, and I say, Lord, I can't believe you let that happen to a brother. Amen. I just got to be honest. Amen. I can't believe you let that happen to me, God. They said, watch this. We know they didn't like it because they said this. They said, teacher, don't you care that we are perishing, that we are about to die? Catch this. Watch this. This is so important. They were rocked by the storm outside. They faced a storm of inner terror which led them to a theological storm of wrongly assuming that Jesus didn't care. I need to say that one more time, and I'm about done. They were rocked by the storm outside, and they faced a storm of inner terror, which led them to deal with a theological storm that Jesus 
didn't care in this last theological storm that they faced was worse than the other two storms. Because what do you do when your theology is challenged by your circumstances? I want to suggest to us today that you keep on standing. And after having done all to stand, stand. Having put on the full armor of God, saints of God, I'm telling you, put on your helmet, put on your breastplate of righteousness, get your sword, get your shoes, get your belt of truth. You need to put on some things, amen, instead of panicking inside of what you're going through and say, God, I'm going to trust you the same way I trusted you before I went into this. Hallelujah, somebody. Jesus, you are still Lord. Verses 39 and 40, when Jesus woke notice, he didn't speak to the disciples first, but he spoke to their surroundings. He rebuked the wind, and he told the sea to be still. Immediately, creation obeyed the creator. The wind stopped blowing, and the sea stopped churning. The disciples had every reason to trust Jesus. They seen miracles by now walking with Jesus. They knew his deeds, but it's easy to forget what Jesus did yesterday when you're going through a storm today. Amen. Furthermore, the attention is in the detail. Before the storm arose, Jesus had already told them, let's go to the other side. I said the attention is in the detail. If Jesus has already told you the destination, I'm telling somebody in this room today, you're going to make it safely to your destination, even though you're going through right now. Hallelujah. You're going to make it safely to your destination because our faith fails only when we allow our circumstances to blind us to God's word and what God has already said. And verse 41 says, and they feared exceedingly and said one to another, who can this be that even the winds and sea obey him? Did you catch verse 41? If you you look at verse 41, it's so important. I think many of us in this room have gone through this. There's an escalation in the text. There's a graduation in the text. Jesus, we thought we knew you. But after seeing this, I see you now in a different light. Their perception changed. Now they're going to be able to receive Jesus from a whole nother level because they've graduated to another place. So weathering the storm. Yeah, we're exposed to things in life, but I've already told you Jesus is with you. But here it is. Let me flip this thing. Now, weathering the storm, going through it, but I will not be harmed or damaged by it. Yeah, yeah. I will endure it. I will go through it, but I will not be harmed or damaged. I'm dealing with difficult situations, but here it is. Stand on your feet with me today. I'm done. I will successfully make it through this. How? By the power of Jesus Christ. By the blood of Jesus Christ, it's already shed. I'm going through it, but I will, watch this, successfully. Powerful word. Everybody say successfully. I will successfully make it through this thing. Hallelujah. Why? Because I am a survivor. Hallelujah. I know what it's like to deal with heartbreak. I know what it's like to suffer loss. I know what it's like to be in pain. I know what it's like to have sickness in my body. But I will successfully make it through this. Why? Because I'm weathering this thing. Why? Because, watch this, I'm done. I got my ride and die. Jesus Christ with me. He's my ride and he did die. But the good news is he got up from the grave with all power in his hands. Hallelujah, somebody. And he's given me the authority and the power to weather what I'm going through and not be harmed. 
everybody need to just lay hands on yourself and speak to yourself and say, Jesus is with me. Yeah. Jesus is with me. I don't know who it's for today, but you, you need to take confidence today and stand firm on the word of God. Jesus is with me. And if God be for me, that's more than anything, anybody that can come up against me. Jesus is with me. Hallelujah. I will weather this storm. I will make it through this. This will not kill me. It will not hurt me. It's only going to make me stronger. Jesus is with me. Hallelujah. If you're in this room today and you don't know him as Savior and Lord, listen to me. You need to know this Jesus that I'm talking about. He's the one true living God. And as the song said today, I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. Hallelujah. But I'm here to stand and tell somebody in this room, he is almighty God. He's with you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He's with you. Stand on that promise. But if you don't know him, repent of your sins in this room today. And say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I pray you save my soul, God. Forgive me of my sins come into my heart. I repent, God. I turn from this lifestyle that I've been living. If you've backslidden, repent. Turn. Jesus is the only one that can help you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings. Our service times are 9 o'clock and 1045. For more information, please visit us at highpraises.org.